You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Branson, Mo Moten with you. Thanks for being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe. We're here to talk about Raider football. And, geez, what happened yesterday? The rosters reduced to 80. And were there surprises? Not really, Mo, as I bring Mo in here now. Uh, maybe the Kenyon Drake release, which we knew about the day before. But... Overall, we're going to get into this. We're going to go through roster changes for this Raiders team. And we're also going to discuss possibilities of coming up. And of course, the next cut down is the big one. And uh, definitely starting to see some more movement on the wire with the NFL and with acquisitions. And to talk about it with me, as he always is, Mo Moten. He is national writer for Bleacher Report, covering the entire NFL. He's also the Raiders columnist for Sports Not. Mo, uh, Kenyon Drake, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks here, and sure enough, we thought maybe, just maybe, they might be able to get a trade where they have to eat some money, but instead, they said goodbye to Kenyon Drake, who was not very happy, didn't feel like he had a fair shake in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I would partially agree with him, because if you think about it, the, the Raiders signed Brandon Bolden. He didn't play a snap in the preseason. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of people saying, how is Brandon Bolden say he's a 32-year-old running back? And my answer to them was, he's been with Josh McDaniel since 2012. He, he usually doesn't play a huge role in the back, out of the backfield. He had a decent role last year because James White got hurt, so he had that pass-catching role on third down. But typically, he's your core special teamer on the roster. And Josh McDaniels, is, again, has been with them since 2012, so he trusts him in that role. Uh, I would compare him to a Matthew Slater, who's a special teams mm. captain on the Patriots now. I think Brandon Bowles is going to be that for the Raiders. But um, he's he's going to be safe. And I've, we've been saying for the past couple of weeks now that Amir Abdullah is going to have the James White role, the pass-catching-down role. And I laid it out yesterday 
on, I believe, Monday that at the top of the depth chart, you're going to have Josh Jacobs and Samir White beer one-two punch in the run game. No doubt about it. And uh, we look at the other transactions. Uh, Kenyon Drake, of course, you just mentioned. Chris Jones, cornerback, was released. Waved was Chris Lacey, wide receiver, who uh, just didn't stick out amongst that, that really uh, talented group. The Raiders also waved in, to the injured list cornerback Cravon LeBlanc. And, of course, we had the trade. Mullins to the Vikings for a seventh-round pick if he plays – in the regular season uh, and is active in the regular season, I think, as well. So, so Mo, when you look at the total, again, we weren't totally surprised by this. We weren't expecting some big, massive things. So Kenyon Drake, that story obviously was a big one. And I think that's where people get caught up. And I saw a lot of fans in Raider Nation talking about, well, Kenyon Drake, he's good. Why are we cutting him? we got to pay him all that money. The money doesn't matter when a team is trying to build and a team comes in with a new regime, a new GM, a new coach. They don't really care what they inherited. They just want to put the roster together according to their system that's going to give them the best chance to win. doesn't mean Kenyon Drake's not a good player. It just means for what they want to do right now, there wasn't a fit there. A lot of people ask me, why would the Raiders let him go if they're going to have to pay him anyway? And they're going to have to pay him $3.6 million in dead money, and there's, I believe, $1.1 million for the next three years, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, they're going to have to pay him, and, and people say, well, if you're going to have to pay him anyway, you just keep him. And I say, if he's on the roster and they have no plan for him, why would you take that roster space away from someone who you're going to use? That's why you let a player like that go for $3.6 million, even though you got to pay him, because you don't want to take that space away from someone else elsewhere in a roster where that, that, that space can be used. So this is why they parted ways from him. Of course, even he had a tweet, I believe Josina Anderson talked to him and he even knew he said well with my contract no one was going to trade for me and he understood mm-hmm. that and i think a lot of other people understood that with, with the bad contract that gruden and his regime gave him that there was no moving him it was either you cut him or you keep him and the raise decide to move on yeah it, it's it's interesting because you we, we thought maybe you know if somebody was out there and needed him but yeah the contract just made it impossible in the end for him to be moved anywhere and he'll find a spot and the Raiders can recoup some of the money there if he signed as well, uh, as you talked about from, from what they're on the line for there. Um, looking at the Nate Mullins trade, let's go back to that. Well, uh, that one, not a surprise. I mean, it's a surprise that he was traded. We we've thought all along that Jared Stidham because of his familiarity with the coach, with the system and he's played well, let's face it that he had kind of locked up that number two spot. It certainly appeared that way with as much as he was playing. Now they move Mullins. um, And so now you get the sense with Josh McDaniels, clearly that he's going with the two quarterbacks and uh, whether or not, uh, I I don't think Gabers uh, Gabers is a guy they're going to put on the practice squad. Maybe they do. Maybe they sign somebody else for the practice squad as a quarterback, or they don't because of that, that running back room and because of that wide receiver room. But what does that say when you have a guy like Mullins who is a little more experienced, had definitely had more game experience than Stidham, uh, but Stidham has just really come in and I think did a good job and probably been very good for Derek Carr as an ear. Yeah, let's just get one thing straight. Garbage is not going to make the roster. <laughs> the Raiders are not going to carry three quarterbacks. Yeah. But um, with Mullins, I think what happened, and I pointed this out in a recent Sports Not article, Mullins actually played well against the Vikings. So the mm-hmm. Vikings apparently like what they saw and i think even though kellen munn moved the ball i think he still has issues processing in the pocket he's still a young quarterback so i believe kevin o'connell who's the head coach of the vikings 
wanted a more proven backup just in case something happens to Kirk Cousins. So that explains their interest in Mullins. As you mentioned, he has game experience. He's played a ton of games with the 49ers, played with the Browns last year, I believe. So he has a starting experience there. Uh, as far as Jared Stidham is concerned, if you count the preseason, he's made some strides because he didn't really play well when he had his time with the Patriots. Of course, he didn't take a snap last season, started the year on the pub list, but ne again, never, never got on the field to play because Mac Jones took all the snaps. But he's apparently developed under Josh McDaniels, and I think him being in that system for a few years now, you're starting to see the development with him. And just in case, we hope it doesn't happen, but just in case Derek Carson missed some snaps, Jared Stidham can come in and run that offense efficiently. No doubt. And and you just have to, again, in the NFL, you have to be thinking about, even though Derek Carr just signed that deal, Mo, you have to be thinking about the next quarterback. Uh, and is it Jared Stidham? I don't know. But certainly, you know, in, in a league where people don't allow players to develop like they used to, Josh McDaniels knows him. He's worked with him. He trusts him clearly. And so if, if for example, people forget with the Derek Carr deal, they can walk away from it after this year, the Raiders. I'm not saying they're going to. I think Derek Carr is going to have a great year. I'm just saying if something were to go south, they could easily cut ties next year uh, and have a quarterback there who knows the system, who, who knows the coach, and be ready to go. So it makes a lot of sense uh, with that as well. And 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 for the future, uh, of maybe he's your guy. Maybe he's a bridge quarterback in the future. Maybe he's your guy for the future. Who knows? But clearly, uh, that's the guy that they're going to stick with. And you're right. I don't think they're going for three. Um Okay, so the one thing now, we, we've seen all these cuts around the league. We've seen some trade rumors pop up between the Patriots and Raiders. The Patriots have shot down that trade rumor, we think. But if you know Bill Belichick, a lot of times he'll say, no, nothing's going on, and there is something going on. Let's look at that situation, Mo. When you look at the waiver wire so far with these cuts, uh, and, of course, the veteran free agents still out there, the Raiders are they finally going to address the offensive tackle position? Or, based on what we heard from practice um, yesterday in, in Las Vegas and, and today on how that offensive line has been playing with uh, Illuminor on the right side and Parham on the right and the left guard, it seems like they're going with a different mix here. But I still think, I know you think, they got to have a veteran there. Yeah, and I think that's probably gonna happen after final roster cuts. Uh, maybe McDaniel's, maybe McDaniel's and and Ziegler have their eye on a specific player, or maybe a couple players or a few players that they think might be available late August, early September, and that's probably what they're holding out for. In the meantime, I think they're starting to feel comfortable with Jermaine Illuminar being their starting right tackle. And on on Twitter at Mo Moten. My pinned tweet says it. I, I said this a uh, week and a half ago. Jermaine Illuminar is the best option for the Raiders at right tackle. And finally, as I said, finally, it's starting to seem like they're going in that direction because at practice on Tuesday, uh, Jermaine Illuminar lined up at right tackle in 11 on 11, 7 on 7. So it seemed to be trending in that direction for him. Well, and then going uh, with Parham, it sounds like he's kind of emerged and he they stuck him in at left guard which would be right next to Colton Miller. They really like this kid. They've moved him around a lot during camp. He's performed pretty good at spots. Of course, he's had his moments. He's even been in there at center and done okay there. Uh, how how much does he how much does he fit in at that left guard? Is he a guy that you think can start there, or are they going to go to somebody else and and turn to a veteran like Simpson there? Two things here. And to answer your question, yes, I think he can start at left guard. I said when he was drafted, I think 
the the easy not easiest but the fastest track for him to start would be at guard because i didn't think he would displace andre james even though some raider fans aren't sold on andre james yet i felt like his best chance to start would have been at guard he played his first two years at left guard at memphis then he moved to i believe right tackle and then played right guard so yes he has experience there so them plugging him in there at left guard makes sense but what i will say in that in that dolphins game the Raiders offensive line didn't pass protect well. So it makes sense mm -hmm. that they would want to shake it up there. It wasn't I know a lot of people want to talk about how bad Alex Leatherwood was, but he wasn't the only one. John Simpson struggled. Andre James struggled. Lester Cotton Sr., they all struggled to pass protect against the Dolphins. So it makes sense that the Raiders would shake it up in these joint practices with the Patriots just to see what they have in Parham, who could play guard or center, and Luminar, who has the experience at right tackle. Yeah. It and that's the thing. I, I think everybody has been so focused on a couple guys like Leatherwood, of course. At the same time, that entire line, to your point of pass protection, really struggled against Miami. And if I'm a coach, that scares me because you're now into your third game and you're having trouble pass protecting. You haven't put the guy back there who you're going to have as your starting quarterback. So you start to get nervous. So, so totally get that. Um, but you look at the construction of that line again, and and it's interesting. We talked about earlier in one of our mailbag shows, we had um, one of our, our listeners talk about scheming around the offensive line. I just think, though, that they you, you, you could scheme around it to a certain extent, but you still need to get those guard positions solidified. You need to get the, your center playing well. Um, at this point, Mo, people keep saying not to panic, right? And I don't think the word is panic. But it's a serious issue, and I think that the I think that the team is realizing it. And I think you're right. I think waiting till final cuts, they're going to have an opportunity to sign some guys that they don't have today. But how big of a deal if you're a fan sitting out there, Mo? How should people feel about this? You know, a couple of weeks ago we said, yeah, don't push the panic button yet. Don't be too concerned yet. We'll see how it shakes out. But now we're two weeks more down the line, uh, with just a couple until the season starts. Where are you from a concern level at this point now with that offensive line? I would put my concern level between a six and a seven right now. I'm not okay. panicking yet, but as I wrote in my sports not article that Monday, it is one of my top concerns, the pass protection, not just Leatherwood, not just the right tackle position, not just the right side of the offensive line, but pass protection in general. The Raiders have had some pass protection issues throughout the preseason, and they got their first taste to go, go up against starting Cowboy players with the Dolphins because even though they sat Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The Dolphins had some stars out there on defense, and you got to see starting caliber players against the offensive line that you might put out there week one minus Colton Miller, and it didn't look good. So, again, you don't want to hit the panic button, but you want to say maybe we have to shake things up. And I, and, and that's why I say having a Luminar at right tackle makes sense because he has the experience. He's reliable. You can trust him. No, he's not a all-pro or pro bowl offensive lineman, but you can rely on him as a placeholder for just this year. And just putting in – Parham at guard makes sense because he has the experience there. You want to see what he has just in case you don't feel too comfortable with John Simpson. So the Raiders do have options there, but like you, I want to see better quality if you're going to protect Derek Carr for the, for the entire season. No doubt. Um, Mo, we didn't get a chance to talk to you after the game the other night because you were on assignment for Bleacher Report, but coming out of that Miami game, what else concerned you uh, looking at it? We saw, we, we heard Coach McDaniels talk about uh, the lack of, of wrapping up. You talked about uh, Darian Butler, your guy, saying that 
most likely now you don't feel he'll make the team because he's had trouble with that. We've seen a little bit of that throughout that Raider linebacking core and in the defensive backfield. Jonathan Abram played pretty well against Miami, as did Rocky Sin in the limited action he saw, as well as your guy Anthony Averett. So when you look at that, though, how concerned are you with that defense and seeing some of that lapse in the ability to tackle uh, and and wrap up uh, and and in this division in the AFC West, you're not going to be able to survive if you're not executing simple tackling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As far as the tackling and wrapping up, that can easily be coached up. Uh, mm-hmm. You just run some practices, and that's what you focus on, tackling and wrapping up. That's correct. That's correctable right there. My concern about the defense is the interior, and a lot of people are going to squint their eyes at me and say, why? Jonathan Hakins played well. He had a couple of stops on one drive. He looked great. Looks like he's in regular season form, and that's great and everything. That's the half. Uh, that's the glass half full outlook. But you look at it. If you're depending on one man to, to shore up your run defense, that's a problem because <laughs> Jonathan Hankins is only going to be on the field for maybe 50 to 60% of the snaps. It's not right. like a right tackle that's on the field all the time, taking a hundred percent of the snaps as a starter, your defensive lineman all rotate. So none, unless you're Aaron Donald or DeForest Buckner, you're not going to be on the field for more than 70% of the snaps. And, and Jonathan Hankins snap count has dropped every year. He's been with the Raiders slightly, not significantly, but slightly. He missed three games last year. But he's going to be on the field for, I would say, about 55 to 60% of the snaps. So when he comes off the field, what is your run defense going to look like? Now, I know Bilal Nichols didn't play, mm-hmm. but he's not considered a high-end run stuffer. Bilal Nichols is considered a guy who can play on all three downs and give you a little bit of both, run stuffing and pass rushing. Right. But the Raiders need another specialist as a run stopper because if Jonathan Hankins goes down, it could look a lot like it did against the Vikings in, in the in the uh, second preseason game that they played in. Absolutely. And, of course, Jared Jenkins came in, got injured. He's gone. Uh, that was a quick uh, try by D- Dave Ziegler to get somebody in there. And, of course, injury, you can't control that. It just happens. But but to me, I, I still think that that veteran on the offensive line, veteran on the inside on defense – is it are glaring needs that they got to try to and there should be guys out there and that's where i'm saying they they have the ability and the money to do it uh and and i think there'll be some pretty good talent out there and they need to address it but but i think people for people people keep focusing on the edge and i understand why it's sexy it's great you got great players out there everybody loves max crosby who a bunch of people are i mean the odds on favorite to get player of the year max crosby all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day, you have to have somebody inside. You have to be able to have that push. You have to stop the run. You have to have the push up the middle. And without it, the Raiders could be doomed. I mean, it's to me, though, again, you win in the trenches, Mo, and you saw it. You saw both teams in the Super Bowl last year in that case. And, of course, the Rams, who have one of the best on the inside there as well. Quick point I want to make before you have our guest on. Um mm-hmm. And I wrote about this. I think the edge is one of the underrated strengths of the Raiders' defense. Deshaun Bauer has played well. Someone asked me about mm-hmm. Deshaun Bauer in the ch- in a live chat one day, and I said, oh, he's a practice squad guy. 
And then I took a closer look at him throughout all three games. And I, and I can make the argument that he's had the best preseason of any Raiders defensive player. He He's legit. And I think he's going to make the roster. And then Malcolm Kuntz has also looked good. He's another guy who's had a great preseason. So the Raiders have the Raiders have depth on the edge behind Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I'm not worried about their pass rushing. Again, it's the interior because they're going to need someone other than Jonathan Hankins to stop the run. And there's a, there's a guy out there. I know Raiders fans are not going to want to hear this. Some are not going to want to hear this. But Indomitian Sue is available. I know the Raiders may not want to pay what he's asking for right now. I wouldn't want to pay $9 million for him either at his age. But if he doesn't like what he sees on the free agent market and he drops his price down to six to seven million, I'm jumping on that. Yeah. Or he can get what he wants because there's needs. And and so then you got to decide if your need is great enough that you got to pay it. Because at the end of the day, if, if you got to pay it, you got to pay it. Right. I mean, if it's that bad. Now, I would say offensive lineman's a bigger need, but not. I mean, I agree. Mo. We've been talking about this for months, the interior of the defense. <laughs> Have we not? I mean, we've talked about that, yes. that inside. Uh, and so, so it, it, it's still been a glaring issue. Now, a lot of fans want to beat up Dave Ziegler and Josh McDowell. Well, we knew about this. Why didn't we go out and do it? Well, it's a good question. At the same time, they felt as though they could coach those guys up. They, they put some trust and stock into Alex Leatherwood and into Brandon Parker and some of these guys, and it didn't pan out so, uh, so far. So I think that's where it's going to be um, really interesting to see if they can – get those guys to the level where they can at least be rotational players. Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, and then go out and find somebody because they're going to have to get it. Mo, real quick, before we go on, um, when you think about the Alex Leatherwood situation, you've been saying for weeks, if not months as well, that he'd be better suited to play guard. Um, with what happened now with him being pulled out, how terribly he's looked at tackle, um, it doesn't seem like uh, they're willing to do that. It doesn't seem like they're willing to do that yet, but that may be the way to salvage his time, leftover time in Las Vegas, because he's obviously not progressing well at right tackle. And people were kind of pushing back on me when I suggested it. But if you look at it, he's played more games at right guard than he has at right tackle. And I felt like he had a couple or a few games after the Henry Ruggs tragedy where he actually looked decent as a guard. I'm not saying he looked like a Pro Bowl guard, but he had some decent performances, some decent stretches there where it looked like he was making progress at the position. And I said this, I know a lot of people want to beat up on outside the wood, but he's actually, if you look at him and you look at his games, he's actually a decent run blocker. And I think him moving inside now, he'll have to still straighten up his pass pro on the inside because you're going to go up against pass rushing defensive tackles, but he he's a decent run blocker. who could be on the inside yeah. and open up the run game for you. If he, if he moves uh, on the interior. Yeah, and I know a lot of fans, oh, cut him, get rid of him. And I understand that. You're still paying him, though. So if you can try to get him in at guard, get him, again, as just a rotational guy until you run the contract out, or if that's if that's the end play, who knows, then fine, do it. But but uh, this kind of, hey, just get rid of him now doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, we are going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Danny Heifetz, who's from TheRinger.com and also Spotify. We're going to talk about, are the Raiders all in? They have a new all-index, get the wordplay, index. We're going to talk to Danny about that, and he ranked the Raiders. And not only are the Raiders in the top 10 of being all-in, but three AFC West teams are there as well. So we're going to talk to Danny Heifetz when we come back. We'll get his view on the Raiders' commitment to winning here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere, everybody. <laughs> 